0: Hello there, Mike check one two, might check one two, coming at you live and direct from an undisclosed location, somewhere in the depths of London. It is a random show, episode number one one five, and I hope you're doing well wherever this live stream is finding you. But if you're tuning into this live, not for you after the fact, if you're tuning into this live, be aware this isn't going to be long. It's going to be a super short one, maybe about an hour or so tops but I thought I would at least talk about the somewhat breaking news that's been occurring now in the BAPAverse um, considering, oh, concerning Brendan Schwab's UK, Euro, Ireland, Scotland tour that's now been cancelled, it looks like, completely. I'm not going to say fully cancelled yet because there's some other dates that are still up on the website and whatnot that I'm seeing on my end on Ticketmaster. But I'm sure people can confirm it, but it looks like the rumours are true the rumours are true and the show, those that entire Euro tour that he was meant to be going on um, in Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, um, Scotland and London have now been cancelled. It seems like it. If you believe what Brendan is saying in specifically this recent episode of The Shope Show where he basically looks very downtrodden doesn't look like his normal bubbly self and he essentially confirms it without confirming it saying that he's gonna be hanging around more often than not in LA um throughout the next few weeks and also heading into the summer. So this is the clip that I'm gonna quickly play for you here, courtesy of the Shop Show episode number three three eight, where he kinda confirms the news that the tour has been now cancelled pretty insane if you tell me i was, i'm actually surprised it's happening i'm not gonna lie i'll give you my opinion on the other side but let's play the clip
1: all righty um that's it, pretty that's much it's so tight yeah <laughs> it sure is spray painted on that's cool uh there you have it yeah ufc 289 this weekend again not gonna knock your dick in the ground but it is a fun card i'll tell you i can guarantee you the cow bass fight can companions can be way better we got Polly shore we got, some, we got the Schmo coming and another giant guest. It's going to be a grand old time. The Tiger thick Whiskey is going to be flowing. The fucking, It's going to be fun. Can tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Charles Oliveira, Darius, let's not pretend that's not the main event. Can we all knock mm-hmm. the shit off? All right, all right Chen. can you knock the shit off? <laughs> Man, that is the main right? event. You got a Mexican probably going to be your uh, women's band weight champ, so that's cool. Yeah, Danny yeah, on the card against Nate Landwehr, which is always fun. But, again, is it worth $80? That's up to you. Combat fight campaign is free. It it's gonna comment. be better than here this. Comes, so tune comes, in 10 p.m. Pacific on Thick Boy YouTube only. Like and subscribe to the channel right now if you haven't done that. Love you guys. Thanks for watching. I'll be doing spots all around LA in the summer. Gonna be spending time with my family. So I love you guys. Next tour date on the books, right now, there will be more, but right now it's Spokane, Washington. Spokane is September 21st to 23rd. I'm at Skank Fest in Las Vegas. That's right. Skank Fest, Las Vegas, September 29th through October 1st get you some all
0: right so pretty interesting update when you consider everything that's been going on first off this shouldn't be that big of a deal people find it hard to sell tickets everywhere right whether it's the biggest acts that you know the smallest acts the one coming up it's difficult i spent a large part of my youth and my kind of early 20s essentially being a club promoter. That's the only way that I could get DJ gigs. When you first start out, it's really difficult to get DJ gigs. It's probably, you know, it just is all the time really, to be honest, unless you're kind of signed to an agency. And the only way you can really kind of get DJ gigs for yourself, is to kind of put on fine parties essentially and book yourself and book people that you'd want to see play. So you put on these events as a way to get you to play um, in front of a crowd and also to maybe book people that you maybe love um, see coming up as well or people that you just want to you know have play in your city because they don't know, usually play there what you'll realize soon is that even if you're booking somebody who's got a big name you're booking them on the really good date it's like a public holiday it's a weekend at the end of the month whatever it is you time it perfectly sometimes it doesn't matter just the fact that you've booked an event there's just other events going on people have to choose which one to go to because they can't go to everything. And sometimes it just doesn't go the way that you plan it to go, even with the best of intentions, even with like A-list, you know, um, people on your lineup as well, like outside of you kind of coming up, like actually legitimate people who actually sell tickets. It can be difficult to sell tickets at the best of times. The thing about Brendan, I think, that makes it funny and why everyone's kind of laughing and giggling at it is that for the longest time, and I don't know why this was a thing, he kind of had this idea or kind of walked around spoke spoke about himself as if he was this like big touring sellout comic and I think when he first started I think that was one of the first things I remember kind of rubbed me up the wrong way when I started to kind of you know delve into the land of the homeless cats where I was kind of being a little bit like you know what this guy doesn't seem like the coolest nicest guy in the world when he started to get a little bit of steam in his own career and he starting to blow up a little bit himself what in terms of his stand-up career he was selling tickets quite you know quite quickly and quite often because of the novelty of him being a former ufc fighter the fame from the podcast and maybe the appearances on joe whatever the reason was he was selling pretty well early on despite him not really being that long in the game and probably in spite of him not being that funny but he was doing well now that i don't think was any indication of his ability to sell tickets it was just at that moment That was what he could do because he was a big name. People liked who he was about, you know, liked him as a person at that time. Didn't really, he didn't really have as many probably haters as he has nowadays, and it made a lot of sense. But he, for some reason, used that little moment as a justification of, oh, look, I've completed this stand-up comedy game. I don't know how you guys haven't clocked it. I don't know how you guys don't get it. I don't know why you guys aren't saying the most. And he'd kind of be stunting a lot and kind of flexing on people, especially Brian Callen. Brian Callen, like, cucks out for Brendan a lot. But those episodes where Brendan was selling out his tours, selling out his shows, his weekend things and stuff, and basically saying, I don't need to promote my things. I've already sold them out and acting really cocky. Those were quite uncomfortable to watch. Even if you're a fan of the show, just, you know, for for Brian Cannon alone, because he's like a 20 plus year comic. He's been passed of the store, all this good stuff. And he was struggling to sell tickets at like regular, you know, comedy clubs around the city or just around the country overall. So you kind of felt bad for Brendan. Sorry, for Brian at the time. So that kind of went on for a long period of time. He'd kind of used that ability to sell tickets as justification of like, hey, you, all you haters out there that say I'm terrible at stand up, that I'm not funny. That can't be true because, look, I'm selling tickets. And then, you know, then the leaks came out. cursor of BGL. And I think one of the leaks that BGL put out there, I forgot who the comic was, but one of the guys that kind of helped out Brendan when everyone got cancelled and you would not need to step in. I think it might be Josh Wolf. I remember BGL saying something along the lines of like, Brendan behind the scenes would be like insulting Josh Wolf and saying, oh, he doesn't sell tickets, da-da-da-da, and kind of talking down on him because in Brian, Brendan's head, he's a bigger comic than Josh Wolf josh wolf i'm saying his name is josh wolf but you know, know what it is because he sells more tickets to them which i just thought was really unnecessary and just didn't make any sense so a lot of people stick a lot of people kind of going at brendan for the ticket sales especially the guys who over in the fire and the kid stuff is mostly because brendan used it as something to kind of wear as a point of pride and to kind of flex and say hey i can't pick crap i stand up because i sell tickets and now In general, he would just use the selling tickets thing as just like, you know, something to kind of flex on because he couldn't really sit there and say, hey, I'm actually, you know, objectively funny because clearly the guy isn't. So most people, most stand up comedians don't get this level of scrutiny on the amount of tickets they sell or don't sell, because I think most fans realise that it's difficult to sell tickets. But Brendan gets it because of how he's been acting and the things that he's been saying, you know, in in these previous years when he was maybe a little more popular than he is now. But this one is way more concerning, I think, because I feel like this particular tour was something that he did himself. That's my personal opinion, because I don't understand how any sensible agent, booking person, manager would ever, ever, ever tell Brendan Shaw that it was a good idea to attempt to do an international tour, quote-unquote, in these markets—Dublin, London, Glasgow, and Belfast—at some of the biggest venues in each of these countries, respective countries, it makes no sense. Brendan can't even sell out the Comedy Store, La Jolla, on a for a weekend. Just this one gone by, past, right? Just this one gone past. I think he might have done two shows Saturday and a show on Sunday. He couldn't even sell out the Comedy Store, La Jolla. Why is he booking? 2,500 cap venue like the London O2 Shepherds Bush Empire which I've been to before a few times for gigs and stuff why would you book that it's 2,500 capacity maybe you could get it down to 2,000 if you work in a bit of a deal but it's a 2,500 capacity um, theatre that you're booking in another country what makes you think you can fill that up or sell it out even close to getting it sold out if you can't even sell out the comedy store La Jolla That makes no sense. So my theory on this is that he most likely booked this whole tour thing himself. This was probably the same around the same time he was doing the whole I'm betting on myself thing. Around the same time he was probably launching the whiskey. After the same time of getting dropped off of Showtime. Like the guy's brain works in weird ways. So most likely he got dropped from Showtime or fired, whatever. They didn't want to renew his contract. Either way, I don't think he wanted to leave. He was basically put in a position where he had to leave. There's a way to kind of make himself look good on the internet. He goes and buys a green Ferrari. Okay, cool, whatever. Do your thing. And then I think to show that he's still kind of doing well, he then goes out, he then decides, oh, I'm I'm putting out my own special. Does it in the most haphazard way. Production's all over the place. The material itself is fucking awful. Production is fucking terrible. It comes out, it gets completely panned. And in a way to kind of bounce back and show that he's the guy, he books his own Euro tour because he thinks like, oh, so he books his own international theatre tour because he thinks he's at that level. Because if you think back at it, there was another leak from BGL. So, you know, BGL has been a bit of a pain, but, you know, he provides some good information. Remember BGL said before that one of the interesting things about Gringo Pappy, post-Gringo Pappy, was that a lot of people on the for the Friday Kids subreddit were asking BGL, I think maybe during the AMA, hey, BGL, what was the atmosphere or the vibe like after Gringo Papi dropped? Because all of us thought, most people look, watching from the outside in, thought, "Oh my God, Gringo Papi was awful, right? He should have never released it. Thirty minute special that was like twenty seven minutes or less of jokes. It was absolutely horrendous. It actually was doing far. It actually did far more damage to his perception, reputation, um, how he's viewed, whatever it may be, um, more so than you'd be surprised." And we were thinking, oh, surely it must be like, you know, it must have been like a real dour moment at Thick Boy Studios after that dropped. And BGL said something, nah, he was like, no, it wasn't actually. Brendan actually thought it went well. He was actually surprised he wasn't able to do theatre shows straight after that. He actually assumed that Gringo Pappy was going to be the special that was going to launch him into doing, you know, countrywide theatre tours. in Theatre tours, sorry, in America. Can you imagine that? If you watch Gringo Papi, can you imagine expecting or anticipating that crocker shit to be the thing that would launch your career it's a it's a delusion on another level that i would legit love to see a documentary on i hope some of the better um youtubers out there that do documentaries and stuff like the porcelains and all these other guys base frequencies i hope they step up one time and decide or just are curious enough to kind of delve into it and kind of figure out like what goes into the mind of somebody like to book you know himself an international tour to look like you're a big international comic when you can't even sell out the comedy store La Jolla. Like what this? What possesses somebody to think that the Gringo Papi was going to be the special? is going to launch your career into the fucking stratosphere? What does that to somebody? It makes completely no sense. And the other thing that's weird about this, the really strange thing about this also, for me. If you look at this video here, screenshot taken from the Fire and the Kid um, website, it's got all their tour dates listed, right? So Brendan Shulb's date, um, so he's on there in the URL. That's his section of the site. And he's got his up-and-coming tour dates. So far, when he was talking at the end of the Shulb show, he mentioned his next date being Spokane for the summer. He didn't mention anything about the Pasadena thing. So I'm wondering what that is about, if that's just because it's a Shulb friend show, in a random comedy club. Maybe he doesn't really care too much about it, but he mentioned Spokane more than he mentioned the Shoban Friends thing, which is weird. But then look at the list. I remember the Skankfest Las Vegas. And as somebody pointed out here before, I reckon if he was able to cancel this UK Euro tour, even if it's a super like, you know, short notice, it makes me think that there's a possibility that Skankfest could also be canceled because it looks like this summer might be the quietest summer Brennan's had in a while in terms of getting booked and again it doesn't matter for most people we're only nitpicking this shit because he wears it like a badge of honour and it's like a thing to say oh look I'm definitely a better comic than you guys think I am because I I sell tickets when he didn't really it didn't really ever cross his mind that maybe he was selling tickets in the beginning because he was a novelty because of that like celebrity Factor about him being well-known on Rogan, the UFC stuff, the t 5 K blowing up at the time. Like that was part of the reason maybe why he was selling tickets earlier on because so, you know, judging by his material, it's not as if his material was better when he first started, it was because he was new. So that made a lot of sense and they probably had way more fans back then. So that, so maybe now we're seeing the clear correlation, right? We might be seeing a clear correlation or the clear, no, the, queer, the clear result of the fans dropping off little by little over the years. Because so far, a few of us, especially on the Finnegan Summer have been kind of wondering, like, how is this thing still staying about, staying afloat? Like, the, the product is terrible across the board. Brian Callen and Brendan Shaw clearly don't want to be around each other outside of the podcast. When they're even doing the podcast, it's fucking, like, it's pulling teeth. They try their best to have, to have fun and make it worthwhile. But it's clearly something they just do to clock in and clock out on. How is it still, you know, staying above water? But I guess now, sorry... When I seen a clear um, you know, representation, illustration of the career drop up a little bit because I don't think I've ever seen um and you know a, this kind of caliber of dates from Brendan be cancelled so late. That's why I was surprised at it because I'd imagine that he was gonna wear this as like a badge of honor that he's going on tour. It's gonna be a big deal. He was gonna come here and do True Geordie. He was gonna come here and do I don't know whatever thing. He might have done sidemen I don't know. He might have done some other big UK podcasts out here. Some other big Irish podcasts. And you know, you would have did some some content with some people, maybe one of that sneaker show we have here in the UK. You probably would have went to a pop-in restaurant, whatever. It would have all been part of the whole content strategy, whatever. So to dump this whole thing now basically proves that most likely this was cancelled most likely because of low ticket sales because one of the things about these venues is that I'd imagine the margins are going to be pretty decent if you sell it out, right? You sell it out, you get some good margins. I think someone mentioned here like I think you have to hire it all out. You basically get the tickets for the most part. So if you, you know, if you're able to sell out, you know, I think I looked at the maps the other day. If you're able to sell like 2,000 tickets, which is a lot of tickets to move, a lot of tickets, don't get me wrong. But if you can sell 2,000 tickets for $30 a pop, that's already like six grand you're looking at. Or no, 60 grand, So you're looking at, right? It's a, it's a decent amount of money. Of course, you have to take out the cost and the hiring and the security, blah, blah, blah. But if you can sell out these venues makes sense why these American artists are are coming on, you know, going overseas to places like the UK, especially if you've got a large fan base, because you don't come here often anyway. So if you can come here once a year, twice a year, sometimes at a stretch, you can hit these four venues and get like 60, 60, 60, 60, and go back home. Like, you know, basically grossing a million. Maybe you're not going to have it all. No, not grossing a million. Sorry. My maths is, I've got Brendan Shaw's maths there, but (laughs) grossing a quarter of a million, right? Nearly. But, you can, you know, you can make some decent amount of money, especially if you add on top of that the VIP packages, the sign, you know, the what's it, meet and greets, all that fucking nonsense. So I see the, the allure of it, the allure of it, I see it. But I personally think it was incredibly idiotic for this guy to book venues of 2,500 capacity. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know who advises this person, Or if he has any other people advising him, they probably do need to kind of take a real long, hard look at themselves in the mirror because it's insane that somebody that can't sell out, like I keep saying to you, the Comedy Store La Jolla would expect to come overseas and sell out venues of 2,500. It makes no freaking sense. Unless there is a comedian out there, I don't know. Again, maybe I'm uneducated. Maybe there is a comedian out there who doesn't get, you know, doesn't sell out comedy clubs in the US but then when they go international somehow they sell like a thousand tickets two thousand tickets I don't think that's possible personally for me but maybe it maybe it is I just feel like the guy tried to book his own tour tried to look like a big wig and now it's all kind of come tumbling down but the annoying thing I think about this personally for me is if you're a fan of the guy and again i'm saying this personally because i bought the ticket so I'm a, i've got a little bit i've been a little bit burned even though i'm gonna get a refund it'll be fine but the only thing if you're a fan you don't really get any real explanation he just kind of cancels the shows last minute so if you you know most likely you're a working class person middle class person you most likely are over the age of 25 you may or may not have a partner and some kids you may not may not have some pets So you have to make arrangements way ahead of time. Like you know, I'm I'm sure some of you are the same. If you're over the age of fucking twenty five, and you're maybe living on your own, when you've got days off and stuff, you're planning them like weeks in advance. Days off, vacations, you're planning them months in advance. So you're already setting out stuff of like, okay, who's gonna look after my dog and cat? Who's gonna look after my kids? um who's gonna come and who's gonna come and fucking you know water my plants while i'm away you gotta do all these fucking adulty life things to get in place before you can go out on a night out with your partner or with your friend or by yourself have some drinks you know do some drugs and listen to fucking comedy you have to put a lot into place so when these things just get cancelled like that <laughs> to me it's a real big spit in the face of the fans especially with no real legit explanation. And comedians tend to do this more often than not, more often than most people I've seen. I know from the DJ scene that I'm kind of obsessed with and a part of, that does happen sometimes, but there is a lot of kind of, Excuse making about you know unforeseen circumstances, I'm ill, blah blah blah. So, they do try to make some effort to like explain so fans don't go super crazy and usually they'll close comments. They do something, right? I mean, they're aware of like how taboo it is and how kind of bad it makes them look. But, I feel like, stand up comedians don't give a fuck, they just wake up one day, like, just can't be bothered. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like, a couple of weeks before, a few weeks before, it's like, brother. Like, how can you just cancel a show, a whole entire tour that you're meant to be going on, in literally a couple of weeks, just a couple of weeks beforehand? Especially international tour. Everyone's got to put things in place, and now suddenly, that weekend is gone. You have to do completely something else. It's really, really, really crazy. But, to be fair, to be fair, if you are, uh, Savera said it, Savera I said it already there. I was just about to say, if to be fair to him, if you were paying attention, you would have known, this show, this UK tour, Euro tour thing was never going to happen anyway because he stopped promoting this a long, long time ago. Like, I think maybe even a couple of months ago, he stopped promoting it. I think somebody already mentioned it on the subreddit. He didn't really talk about it that much on his Instagram, but he didn't really mention it after the show because he does plug in his dates. He He never really spoke about it. He kind of, you know, it kind of was there and if it sold, it sold, but he never really mentioned it too tough. So I think he had decided a long time ago that he was never, ever, ever going to go because most likely because of the ticket sales because these venues, as much as, the, as, much as, as much as the margins are great, I'd imagine also they don't play games. If you don't sell a certain amount, they just cancel your show. That's, you know, I think most of us kind of, you know, can figure that out. You know, these O2 academies and what Live Nation controlled venues and shit, they don't play no games. If you don't sell us above a certain amount, the show gets canceled. They don't even leave it on because i guess the operating costs are just too much for them to make it worth their while to have a show with 400 people in me if it's me personally i've got an option and i've said this many times i think maybe because again i come from the world of you know club promoting and putting on parties for djs and stuff and events for myself as a dj and i've kind of been through brutal events where i've put in an event spent a ton of money on it and then people you know one person turned up you know 10 people turned up it's like a venue of like 400 you're like so I've I've seen it all but I if it's me I'm such a pro in my side of things. This is the only thing I'm a pro at, right? I'm putting on a show. i am never canceling a show because no people no one's turning up. I'm still playing like I you know I've DJs in I've DJs in fucking horrible pubs where people are, you know, much more where people don't even want me to be there and they're more preoccupied about watching something on tv and they actually get annoyed about me playing there but i'm playing like i'm fucking playing in the biggest club in the world you know what i mean I'm, oh, I'm putting on the show i'm gonna perform for that for the one two three four five ten people that are there and they kind of work my way up that way but some people just can't do that and i think for some reason there's something about comedians where they just can't handle especially the ones that maybe have sold some tickets they can't ever handle the idea of performing for crowds that aren't as maybe grandiose as their idea of what they kind of look like is. And I'd never really understood that personally. I don't understand that. Um, what's, what's the Severo Design here saying? I think he just started, tra- uh, severity Design said, I think he just started trying to hype the tour because Chris is selling out theatres and Eric is getting booked at the Mothership Force. Yeah, probably. But I just think if that was me, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, maybe I have a lot more self-awareness. Maybe that's a thing. Or maybe I just have an ability to do a lot of self-inventory. And maybe I'm a little bit, you know, as as for all of my shortcomings, I think I still have the ability to kind of realize when I'm fucking up and doing things the wrong way and try to correct course. Sometimes it might be too late for some people. It might just not be something that can be forgivable, whatever the reason is. But I think I have the ability to do that. I think other people maybe have as well. So it's difficult to kind of get into the mind of somebody that can't do it because you're like, hold on, that doesn't make any sense because if I'm Brendan and I'm looking at it objectively, there was a point in his career where he was selling tickets despite not being good at stand-up early on his career, because let's say if you're Brendan and you believe you're a better comic now than you were seven years ago. Cool. You were selling tickets seven years ago. Now, suddenly you're not selling as many and it's seven years later, but you think you're better. Why don't you think it through as to why that could be the case? That's what I'll be doing. I'll be listing down the reasons why, why is that the case? Okay. You can blame the DA. You can blame Dana White. (laughs) You can blame fucking, who's the guy, Gavin Newsom, all these things, right? Put those things aside. But why is it, what personally has that guy done differently that would allow him or put him in a position where he's not selling as many tickets seven years down the line? And then from then on, that's when I would make the adjustments in my career to make sure that I can get back to that level again. That's what I'd be doing because he did sell tickets at one point. At one point, he was selling pretty well. And like I said, I remember specific shows where he wouldn't even plug his shows he'd be like nah I'm not plugging anything i got no plugs you know check t fat k for more dates Everything sold out he'd be so happy about it but for some reason he doesn't he isn't able to kind of do that self inventory it doesn't even occur in his brain it's just like nah you know it's just DA it's Gavin Newsom it's the woke media it's fucking council culture it's fucking deep. you know platform I'm being deep platformed like what? what? what do you even what does that guy even say day to day that's worthy enough of you know attracting the glare of some of these big corporate sponsors like he doesn't say anything interesting doesn't really have any interesting opinions or anything like I don't really understand that side of things that's something I really would kind of I wouldn't really be able to work out through my head if that was him because you know he just doesn't think about these things in that way but yeah that's the big news the show has been cancelled there's there is no Euro or UK talk happening it's not happening at all it looks like I end this last bit as soon as it's at the end.
1: they have, shit, Niagara Falls, New York. Niagara Falls, New York's November 4th and 5th. I think one show on the 4th, one show on the 5th. Some big ass casino in Niagara Falls, New York. Never been there. I'll check out the fall.
0: <laughs> he sounds enthusiastic about that. Another thing also, you know, also is interesting about this. Um, again, another another thing about BGO. That BGO guy has been a fucking horror. horror. That whole BGO escapade, that whole... Sp- era arc of the story was horrible to kind of cover man i'm hopefully to never go over it again but to be fair to BJ, he did give us some really juicy bits of info that we had no real idea on and one bit of juicy info that he gave us was that podcast sponsors like they sort of work in delay the contracts they're kind of based on like numbers that they sign up on the day so if they sign if if they also sign me now for a podcast sponsorship it'd be based on the metrics i'm getting now but then that would hold over for three years so if i then had a dip it wouldn't matter because i'm still getting paid based on like 2023 stats instead of 2022 2020 you know 2026 stats if they got worse so you can kind of make a lot of money but then it doesn't really hurt your you know you can kind of make your money is never affected based on the views going Now you kind of know what i mean right that makes any kind of sense yeah big up austin casey
1: Every move Brenda makes is based on delusion and ego.
0: Bingo, Fact. bingo, 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 bingo. Big up Austin Casey. Appreciate it for the $10, brother. Thank you so much for the donation. Um, so yeah, so BGO said that's how the contracts work, which is why T5K has been able to survive despite the numbers being horrible, right? The stats kind of like dropping off considerably because early episodes of T5K, even without like Crystalia. And like, you know, Chris, Pete Crystalia and Will Sasso and Theo back in the day, they would easily get 100,000 to sometimes half a million views, like just Brendan and Brian. So clearly the drop has been crazy, right? And he said that's the case because they signed these deals, you know, based on the metrics you already have. And sometimes but Brendan, of course, he would buy views, right? Clearly, we can see that's the case because the pod is awful. No one's, you know, no one with a brain is going to be watching that stuff like and, en- and enjoying it. It just doesn't make any sense. And especially if you look at the, the views and the likes and stuff, it's just easy to tell if you're if you watching up content, you make content yourself, it's easy to tell who buys views and shit. Cool. And um, one thing I was noticing about these dates is also, I was wondering if that's also the case for like tours and stuff and selling tickets and booking shows. Like maybe now even in the states, which you imagine is his prime market, it should be his prime market. It is his prime market. We're now seeing these gaps in these dates are a reflection of maybe the fall off in terms of him being able to sell tickets. Like, cause I'll do that's the thing that always just to surprise me. Like, how how is he able to consistently get these kind of weekend gig tour things when it's clear he doesn't sell many tickets at all, and the show's are doo doo. Right, the comedy's not great. Put the comedy to one side, because I think if you're a comedy club owner, you don't really give a fuck if the guy or gal or person on stage is funny. You just want them to bring a crowd so they can, you know, buy beers and shit and eat food and stay in your club all night. Cool. But the guy clearly doesn't sell tickets at all. He finds it hard to sell, like, a standard I don't know, number in the comedy club. So I always wonder, like, how does he keep consistently getting new dates at these new spots because i know from me when i used to promote and put on parties and raves and places you would get really embarrassed if you put on a night and no one came and then you saw the event owner you saw the 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 venue owner or the booker there because you know you know as soon as you saw them and they noticed a the crowd that most likely you would never get another date so if you as a dj or you as an event booker like you would dread seeing the fucking owner or the manager there, you'd be like oh no man they're gonna see this and they're gonna know like i didn't do anything no one came through i'm not a draw like whatever right you'd be hating it dreading it so i was wondering how is this guy able to kind of keep like double dipping trip like he's getting rebooked to these places when he's not selling tickets doesn't make any sense and i thought maybe the comedy the comedy stand-up comedy seems a bit different maybe from from djing and maybe it's because based on these fucking celebrity, i don't know but maybe this is now an edu- indication that because of the economy that maybe things have changed maybe now comedy clubs are actually not allowing or not giving people more dates if they can't sell d- tickets beforehand this is maybe a reflection of it who knows i'm not too sure because this is an interesting gap in in dates he's right? got dates in july september november but then you know it's june july august october like nothing it's a big gaps in terms of his kind of schedule and shit, which is quite interesting considering that he was always kind of bragging about the dates, you know, and what he was doing going forward. But yeah, UK Euro tour is fucking over. That dream is completely done. And um, yeah, the using the kiddos as a meat as a human meat shield. Yo, that's tough. <laughs> using the kiddos as a human meat shield—the same guy that doesn't actually like hanging out with his kids. <laughs> it's fucking wild there's clips of this guy clips there's clips of this guy talking where he says jokingly not jokingly that he would purposely book shows to kind of be away from his family and now all of a sudden he's like oh i want to spend the summer with the kiddos sorry sorry sir no we don't believe you we don't believe you we don't believe you i'm sorry We do not believe you. (laughs) But again, that is kind of shameless to be fair to like use the kids as an excuse. It's kind of like when you, you know, you're late for work or something and you just say someone died in your family. You don't even want to take ownership of it. You don't even want to kind of man up to it. You don't, you know, whatever. You just say my someone died. It's like that is really bad vibes, really, really bad vibes. And it seems like Brendan always goes for that hell Mary pass. Like it's my kids, it's my kids. It's like, bro, you don't really speak about your kids in glowing ways. Um, you clearly don't want to be at home because you try and book as many torts as possible to be away from home. When you are, when you are at home, we see the pictures on the fucking subreddit. He looks like he doesn't want to be with his family. You know what I mean? He looks, you know, very. Downtrodden and shit, which might understand, again, might be understandable because of his age and stuff. When you have young kids, you probably want your alone time, blah, blah, blah. I know that I'm not really the most educated at that sort of shit. But still, using your kids as an excuse when you're not really the kids' guy is funny, especially when you think about that. Fucking, what was that time? That time when his wife had a fucking miscarriage and he went on tour, he he didn't come back, like, you know, I don't know, you find out on road, you're, you know, you're, you're cut, you're tore up about it like your wife is and you, you know, decide to go back home, you cancelled the half leg of the show, no, he was posting pictures of himself in the bathtub and shit (laughs) with the boys and his wife's having a miscarriage like on her own, like just dealing with that shit on her own, uploading the stuff on social media because I don't know why she's doing that, who knows, she's not a celebrity in her own right, but hey, who cares, I just found all that stuff fucking hilarious, man. Really, really fucking hilarious. Um, But yeah, big up everybody in the stream chat. Big up everybody hanging in there. Like I said before, this is going to be a super long one. It's going to be about an hour tops. So if you are tuning in here, watching this live, make sure that you smash that fucking like button for me. That'd be greatly appreciated. Share the show with your friends. Comment all that good stuff so people can find it in the algo and follow along like you are now talking about this brendan show cancellation thing i wonder i wonder i wonder 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 if this whole euro cancelling and the fact that he's got no shows after july for the most part until september and the fact that you know in general it seems like he's talking a lot about money more and a lot about downsizing just general there's a comp i know i feel like there's like a squeeze going on in the industry and i wonder if this is another indication of the overall squeeze that's affecting a lot of these you know jre Bappaverse. no yeah jerry extended universe type character people from the la podcast scene where it looks like the monies that these guys are all enjoying from their fucking mediocre podcast is now finally dried up um, a lot of those pods were fucking awesome but over the last few years it's been fucking hellish to get through them and some of the guys I actually enjoy listening to so I wonder I wonder, 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 wonder if this is the case because this this article because of Variety is very interesting for me it says the following Spotify laying off 200 employees in, in reorganisation of the podcast division 200 employees from the podcast division now, don't get me wrong a lot of it might be to do with the merge with podcast and gimlet that they had so a lot of these staff members might be more so gimlet and podcast um employees as opposed to specific spotify podcast employees but it's still an interesting development that we're seeing the same platform that you know famously signed for 200 plus million you know What's it? licensing deal a few years ago is now the same place that seems like they're kind of starting to wind down their podcasting. And I think the rumors out there now are that podcasts, sorry, Spotify aren't going to re-sign Joe Rogan. Um, there's a lot of talk about him potentially going back to YouTube. I've got a feeling that he might even do the Twitter thing um that um what's his name tucker carson's doing especially elon musk has been talking a lot about launching that side of um things in terms of twitter and having it be a place where creators and con- sorry, content creators at large can actually post their stuff directly on there so it would not surprise me if joe decides to do that directly especially when you consider the conversations that are happening around the show in the comments and shit that could be a good place to go and do it or you might jump onto a place like rumble um they'll talk about the rumble guys having like an open contract there for him to sign or to negotiate with at any point in the hundreds of millions also and i'd imagine someone like a kick might get involved in whoever loads of platforms out there that could get involved in it but the one thing that is definite spotify aren't gonna re-sign joe and i think that's interesting because you'd imagine despite spotify's podcast platform side of things being horrible to use i fucking detest it um It's obviously great to use some music, but the video side of it, the podcast side of it, just the fact that it crashes all the time, the fact that you've got fucking pod, you know, you pay for Spotify premium and you still get fucking ads on it. It's fucking annoying. Um, All of it fucking is horrible to fucking use. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have just stopped listening to the Joe Rogan podcast because it moved to Spotify. And I'm sure there's still a lot of people on there like myself who only joined Spotify because of Joe Rogan. That's a funny thing. Like much music I listen to, I always had a Spotify free account and I had most of my main music listening was done on Apple Music. But then when Joe joined Spotify, I then got a premium account on Spotify because of that. And then I started to use Spotify more as a music thing because of Joe, even though Joe was a podcasting. But then after listening to the podcast on there for a few times and it kept crashing every time he tried to skip through it, I was like, you know what, I'm out. So I'm sure a lot of people have kind of done the same thing. So, you know, I'd imagine the signing of Joe... I wonder if the Spotify executives look back on it and think, "Did we overpay for him?" Because according to Bert, who is a person you can never tell secrets to, Bert should never tell him a secret because he's gonna spill. It's gonna spill it at one point. He said, "Um, basically that the deal was like north of three hundred million. It wasn't even the hundred million that was being, you know, leaked to the press. It was a deal worth like three hundred plus million for like what was it, four five year contract? You know, for only the intellectual, the licensing of the of the fucking podcast? So." after the contract terms are over, Joe gets his podcast back to put anywhere he wants. So it's never like they get to own it or anything, which is a fucking crazy, you know, deal for Joe. So it makes sense why he took it because the money was like life generation changing. But God almighty, man, this is a really interesting development. Like uh, what Tim Dillon was saying was true. Maybe the podcast bubble is definitely burst. Like the money these guys are making beforehand is definitely gone. And they're now having to essentially rely on putting on fun, interesting shows. People listen to it, But now they're all really rich. They're all really you know, they've all gone up they've all a bit older. They're all maybe living not very interesting lives. So the wacky, crazy podcasting that they were doing beforehand, in topics, conversations, whatnot, um, they probably got a lot more to lose. It's just not gonna be the same again. So Interesting. Anyway, read really the article quickly here. It's Spotify Spotify's undertaking a strategic, strategic realignment of his podcast division, laying off about 200 staffers. I'd hate to get laid off and for it to be, you know, under the term of a strategic realignment. Just tell me you sacked me and then let me keep it moving. Don't sugarcoat any fucking, you know, stupid HR talk things. It says here, Sarah Elsh. El El habashi Spotify's VP, head of podcast business, announced his job cuts in a memo to employees on Monday that she was shared publicly. The 200 employees represent about 2% of the audio streamer's worldwide workforce. The layoffs in the podcast group come from the Spotify's cut 6% of its overall headcount earlier this year and saw the exit of Dan Ostroff, sorry Dawn Ostroff, chief content advertising business officer who previously headed Spotify's podcast business. To be fair, if you worked at Spotify, and your boss, Dawn Ostroff, got fired, and she was the person responsible for signing fucking Joe Rogan and Joe Budden and a few other people beforehand, I would have left as well, to be fair. Or you should have expected you were going to get fired. You know what I mean? When the head honcho gets fired, then most likely the underlings are going to get fired also. Um, it concludes here, it says, We are expanding our partnership efforts with leading podcasters from across the globe, with a tailored approach, optimized for each show, creator, Uh, Albashi wrote in a memo, the fundamental pivot from the more uniform proposition will allow us to support creator community better. However, doing so requires adapting over the past few months. Our senior leadership team has worked closely with HR to determine the optimal organisation for the next chapter. As a result, we've made the difficult but necessary decision to make strategic realignment our group and reduce our global podcast vertical and other functions by approximately 200 people. Even if the cuts and stepped up focus of creators, Abashi said Spotify remains committed to original programming with registration. Spotify will merge its podcast and Gimlet in a renewed Spotify Studios operation. Blah, 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 blah. Last four. Spotify cancelled 11 podcast shows running um, the original lineup or pre-original lineup to weed out the company's determined was unperforming titles. So they're getting rid of all the ones that are underperforming. So I'm wondering, and let me actually ask you guys here in the poll here, um, let me ask you what you guys think here because I'm curious what the verdict is around the fucking community uh, did did Spotify overpay for the JRE I, want, I wonder what you guys think about this did they overpay because I don't think they personally did I think it was a bargain really to get him on board especially being how big ears and the numbers he probably commands i think he brings in a whole lot of people there a lot of ears a lot of eyes it kind of solidifies him reputation wise i don't think they overpaid, but i wonder what you guys think like 200 million allegedly right for those years the deal according to Burt krasher was 300 but let's say the 100 200 mark did spotify overpay what do you guys think did they overpay what are you guys saying here actually Jay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, i love that actually that's essentially where everyone fucking clicks. Don't care, actually. Um, Yes, they're overpaid. People are saying, okay, cool. The census is like, it's not very clear, but it, I think a lot of you guys on here aren't also fans, aren't also the biggest fans of Rogan. I think I might be the only person on this stream listening right now who actually listens to Joe Rogan. I think most of you guys don't give a flying fuck about the guy, which is understandable, fair, but yeah, I still like the show. So, looking at that right actually and actually just looking at this i'm just gonna open this in a new tab <laughs> this might explain as well quickly here this also might explain why most likely Wondery cut ties with fucking bobby lee and i'm also surprised because i think a lot of this i had this thinking just now as i was before i was about to stream i was thinking you know what if you're bobby lee you have to have a kind of your hubris has to be a little bit insane right to basically try and sue Wondery for breaking ties with you because you know they don't like the fact that you you know went to Tijuana and may have messed around with some fucking underage girls like to to kind of you know essentially try and sue them for a breach of contract when what you did is or what you said you may have done is a gross misconduct and could be looked at as bad for them in terms of what it makes them feel like it's a bit strange And I'm just wondering, look at this clip, this article here quickly, is this. What do you guys think about this? This is maybe the clearest representation that you would think of why it was never going to work out for Bobby Lee at fucking Wondery, at Tiger Belly. Wondery hires Netflix Apple, and podcast alum Najeri Eaton. Do you think this lady is going to be a fan of fucking Bobby Lee stories? Do you honestly think this woman would enjoy stories of Bobby Lee going to fucking whorehouses and fucking Thailand and shit and whatnot and allegedly fucking underage women? Do you think she'd be down for that sort of stuff? Like, this is why sometimes I wonder, a lot of these podcast guys, why would you sign to a big platform like that anyway, just to get the money up front when you know most likely when their politics change, you're the first person that's going to get the boot? Or when somebody comes in who's a little bit more progressive... You're the first person that's going to get kicked out the door. Why would you sign on there? Like, especially if you've got a big enough fan base and you can manage your own deals. Like, I just think a lot of these guys just don't want to do the work. They're, you know, they like to talk about how hardworking they are, but they don't really want to go and find their own deals, secure their own podcasting, sponsorships, or whatever it may be, or just kind of work it themselves. They don't really want to be indie. They kind of want to be signed to a major label, major production company, major major distributor, and then have the, and they have the kind of appearance that they're indie and they're doing things their own way. And they have a boss and they can kind of, you know, fly off the see if their pants. But really the truth of it is they all want a regular wage. They basically want an, an ability to earn a, re- a stable income because, you know, you imagine being a comedian, especially like a Bobby Lee. Your life has never been stable. You're, you've never had a stable income from acting to fucking stand up comedy. It's all fucking irregular. So when you do get into podcasting, I understand the appeal to trying to sign up for a production company, to sign up for a fucking podcasting network. I get it. But the problem is that one, when their politics change, most likely, especially if they're kind of a lift leaning platform, they're definitely going to boot you out. You're definitely going to be the first person that's going to get the boot even if you're bringing a number, it's just not going to be good for business. Like, you know, look at Joe Rogan, like look at the amount of pressure that was put on Spotify early on in the pandemic to get Joe Rogan off that platform, you know, and they were lucky because Spotify is a European based company, Scandinavia specifically, and they're not the most, you know, woke progressive people in the world. They have their part, their bits about them. They're a little bit, you know, left leaning and liberal and whatnot, but they don't really succumb to all the cultural war stuff. It's a bit different here in Europe. So, or Europe, you know, UK overall. So he was lucky, but the pressure they were putting on Joe Rogan to get dropped from Spotify was insane. So the arrogance from this Bobby Lee character and those type of dudes to think that they could, you know, get away with what they got away with being on a platform like Wondery is just mind-boggling to me personally. Legitimately mind-boggling, but again that's just a short point that i saw there because i don't think this Jerry one would be too much of a fan of bobby and his type of content anyway moving on from that one i've only got a few minutes to go here before i have to jet but um let me just talk about this quickly um this is Curtis of the t fat k channel quickly want to mention this for you guys i'm sure most of you guys have already seen this here this is a clip taken for t Fat k channel it says brendan has no clue why podcast or well, sorry why people hate him so much i find this clip interesting because another again another illustration of the guy being a bigger hater than anybody that's on the fucking t5k subreddit number one and also hey big up illusionary commission appreciate you
1: stop buying gray for boogie and shop go to skanks uk
0: stop being stop being gray for boogie and shaw go skanks for uk i don't know what that means but big up you the $2.20 fucking super chat. Appreciate the illusionary commission. Stop being grey for Boogie and Shaw sure and go Skanks UK. What is there gonna be a Skanks Fest UK or something? Is that what you mean? I'm not really sure what you mean there. If you're gonna clarify that, that would be perfect. But um this clip is interesting because for me, this again illustrates that Brendan is a bigger hater than anybody on the Fighting the Kids subreddit. And it also is funny because. It's so unwarranted <laughs> and so unneeded this kind of insult on what not he's doing because most likely if somebody did this about him, like if somebody went on his fucking Instagram and pulled up a picture of him and his wife and his kids or just pulled up his wife's fucking Instagram account and just started saying some shit about how she displays herself on social media or started going in about how his kids look and shit or how his brother looked, he would not take it well. Like we already know how he is when it comes to people – criticizing him or no when it comes to people kind of teasing him you know we already had that story of him going to the comedy store and i don't know who it was comedian i think eric griffin said it right where he met him once and he was kind of you know giving a bit of ribbing behind the scenes and he complained to somebody i think he might have complained even to joe rogan about something i forgot who it was some comedian at the comedy store said something to him and he basically whined to joe rogan about it and joe had to tell him like bruv you're a stand-up comedian this is what we do like shut the fuck up so the fact that he would go out of his way to say this <laughs> is fucking insane. About Al Pacino and his family is fucking crazy. But let's play the clip anyway, so you can hear what he says. No, they suffer from very no. bad immunities. <laughs> they, they Chang, click
1: on the one of the with him with the glasses, the nearest one? The, 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 what do you mean, this one? Brennan. Yeah, that one. Brennan. Brennan. Ain't that a bitch? Just hold on. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> You're Al Pacino. And that's your squad.
0: Is that his son?
1: God, yeah. wait. You know what, Al? Nice. You've had a good run, right? He goes, yeah, I he sure has have. His children. I'm going to give you the two ugliest <laughs> kids. Stop, are no, point. No, no. <laughs> Stop saying that. Listen, there's a bad okay. pictures. They had rheumatoid
0: arthritis. And the thing as well about this year that would be funny is that if he was one of those kind of edgy comics that kind of made these edgy type of jokes, fair, no problem. And if he was also somebody that was that was willing to like as bad as he you know as much as he gave it out he could also take it that's fair, but we know Brendan's the most thin-skinned human to have ever walked on the face of the earth, especially for a stand-up comedian. He does not like getting teased. He does not like being the butt of the jokes. He. Hates it when people point out the fact that he, you know, repeats people's jokes or he mispronounces words or gets facts wrongs. That like he the facts wrong. He doesn't like it in the slightest. So the fact that he would sit there and go out of his way to insult somebody, children who aren't even a part of the entertainment industry or just happen to be the kids of some famous dude that acts and stuff, is fucking diabolical. Legitimately diabolical. Especially if you think about how some people are with their families. There's some people out there that don't play no games. Some people really will go, you know, will legitimately go to fucking, you know, they'll go to the end, the ends of the earth to protect their family and defend them in any way, shape or form. They don't play any shape or form in that way. And the fact that Brendan would do that is legitimately a really clear example of like how he is deep down of what he actually thinks of people behind the scenes this is maybe the best indication that you can kind of see of what he's actually like in real life and maybe another representation of what some people on like the fire and the kids subreddit see without him saying because i think that's a one thing right that i think a lot of people on the internet don't figure out especially these guys who don't have an ability to understand how they're perceived by fans and stuff, right? Around the country, blah blah blah, all this stuff, right? I legitimately think some of these guys don't f- realize that a lot of us, myself included, we watch a lot of people's content. We're sometimes fans of people, or sometimes we watch stuff of people because you're hate watching it, or because you just want to laugh at it. But you watch a lot of people online. You watch a lot of you lot. You watch a lot about somebody online. No, you watch a lot. Of, whatever that term is, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> you consume a lot of their content. And you usually over time, if you consume a lot of enough content of somebody, you can usually figure out who they are as a person. There's not a lot you can kind of hide if you kind of put a lot of content out there. People can kind of suss you out. And I think a lot of people from the beginning sussed Brendan out. And I think it kind of, you know, upset him in that way that they were able to call out his bluff from the beginning of like, nah, this guy is not the greatest guy. He's a bit of a douchebag. He maybe has a bit of a dark heart. He maybe doesn't have the best intentions. He maybe does. He maybe is a bit mean spirited. Maybe he is a bit of a bully. Like people could just sense it without even him being overt in it. And I think that's maybe something that people don't really, you know, I don't know. They don't really kind of talk about enough the ability of somebody to just kind of call out from the fact. So I think a lot of these type of things when they kind of leak out, especially much, much you try to hide it your kind of true nature sort of like jumps out, you know, like one of those fucking alien covenant fucking creatures and shit. Absolutely diabolical that you'd say that to be fair. I saw it. I was like, God almighty, mate, yo, if I'm Al Pacino, I'm asking you to shoot a fair one outside in the streets, mate. We're not, we're not, you know what I mean? We're not going to have, we're not going to be playing those type of games here. Um, Another one is this one. Personally, this is another really interesting one. Again, taken from the T5K channel, which I think is really interesting. Right. This is titled, Brendan Shaw trashes Chris wife and others in less than one minute. Just the thing about this for me is that in this particular clip, he kind of, uh, you know, makes fun of Chris wife because she's got, a uh, you know, she's a former athlete in his head. Or according to Chris, his wife's a former athlete because she used to do gymnastics. But in Brendan's head, because gymnastics isn't actually a sport to him, you know, you can't really call yourself a former athlete. And it's always interesting to me this thing because is something that he does often, Brendan. He seems to have a little bit of a, you know a finger against people who aren't he seems to have a finger against people who call themselves professional athletes if they don't play conventional sports like american football baseball and basketball outside those things not even baseball i think american football only or maybe fucking you know basketball only he doesn't have he has a real big issue with people calling themselves athletes outside of that which is really strange considering how mediocre his athletic career was the evolutionary commission pick up you Pacino's girl used to smash Majidra girl got a type oh really Pacino's girl used to smash magician's <laughs> Majid, girl I love I the fucking text of speech big up Leisure Commission appreciate you for the $2.20 super chat so going back to this I honestly think I honestly think he has a real kind of weird insecurity around maybe not making it himself in his you know preferred sport being American football so anytime he hears somebody else who's made it in the sport that they actually wanted to make it in, it just kind of sets him off, right, it's weird like, it's very very strange Um, so it's gonna, yeah, Saki, like, look, even Jordan Ray said, failed athlete, gate keeps failed t- athlete title, exactly that's basically what it is, I'm actually going to title mine that way, actually my clip failed athlete, gate keeps athlete title but I thought this was interesting also because I know a lot of guys, I don't know if you guys are similar but I know a lot of guys and some girls also who don't play about their partner. They don't play about their partner, they play about their kids. Like some, like some guys have even fallen out with friends because their friends said something that they didn't like about their partner. Like they were, a bit, they were being a bit too cozy, they were maybe being a bit too loose with the jokes and they went off. So the fact that he can say this to Chris is just an indication again of just how weird social interactions are in L.A., because there's some people that don't play. If you sp- if you speak about their partner the wrong way, like you're gonna throw hands, it's gonna get fucking physical, it's gonna get violent, or they're not gonna speak to you again. So the fact that he would say this about somebody else's wife in a jokey way is a bit wild. To be fair, so let's play the video. Um, uh,
1: national gymnast when she was uh like when she stopped at like 14. She was like she won this this state or some shit. Gymnastic is interesting. Do we consider I mean, a here we sport, go? He's right? gonna be a hater, right? <laughs> So we can, you know, no Bro, ball it's unbelievable. Ball. No
0: ball involved, though. How can you not consider gymnastics a sport or it's not an athletic pursuit because it hasn't got a ball involved? Especially when you. Have you ever watched <laughs> the Olympic Games? Have you ever watched what gymnasts have to do to, you know, attain a fucking top three finish? Have you seen how fucking stacked the competition is? Just to fucking qualify to be in the teams of like the United States, England, um, Russia, China. Like, have you seen how insane the competition is in those countries? Can you imagine what it must be, how competitive it must be to, to, to even represent your country at any level, let alone your fucking state? Can you imagine how hard it must be to do like, cause you know, you must, you must be able to be, you, know, you have to be born a certain way, maybe some certain genes or particular size, whatever it may be to kind of, you know, predispose you to do that sort of thing. But to argue against the athletic merits of being a gymnast <laughs> is fucking insane. <laughs> so what, bro? You know, They're fighting. I'm going to beat you to it. So, okay. Yeah, a bad maybe example. they should, you know, maybe fighting. they should,
1: <laughs> maybe they should fight, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> who who would right. win? His wife would yeah, be yeah, Chris she, she, ass. She, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mexican, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She ninja she just, worried the wall to get yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, she's thicker. You know?
0: but no, she didn't. Enjoy. I love the ninja worried the wall to get here as well. It's a very interesting. Um, maybe the, the thing I've always thought about this as well is like, I wonder if Brendan's impression of his wife is not a bad thing because he just believes his wife. So his wife told him, hey, you know, I'm from Guadalajara, I came here illegally. But then when she gets in front of a camera, in regular people, she says she's from fucking L.A. Because why wouldn't you? You're not going to tell everybody you're here illegally, isn't it? You're going to just keep, you know, telling up the lies. So maybe I don't really hold that against him too much, to be completely fair. But again, I just think this vibe, this kind of tension that exists on this show, I just don't think this show, this show needs more funny Outside of, like, let's start talking about our wives. Because if it's us going down that kind of lane, I don't think these guys are friends enough to make this, like, not offensive. You know? I think you have to be super close to somebody to allow them to joke about your partner. I don't think these guys are as close as they kind of make out.
1: You know? My wife's like a stick. Yeah. You know? Crowbar.
0: Um, But, anyway. Yo. 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 I know some people who would legitimately beat you up if you said something slick about their wives or about their partners. They don't play. They don't play about their partners. They just There's just a line you don't cross. Calling his wife a crowbar. <laughs> it's just wild. It's like... <laughs> These LA guys just have no respect. Hey, uh i've been
1: going fucking but, I mean, they'd have
0: to do a dance off instead yeah oh, i don't know hey, if you want that look at eric trying to like trying to keep the the vibes somewhat cordial like look at eric try his best to, <laughs> to try to keep everything chill not either yeah dude really latina
1: can't dance well i mean i don't know it's like a black guy not being able to play basketball i mean bro i've seen black guys not be able to play basketball
0: just Chappelle, AC
1: he can't wear it <laughs> oh it's bad oh really well, yeah, I've ever so seen. Was a cheerleader now here
0: yeah anyway um my, that might be one of the most weirdest interactions I've seen from these podcast guys in a while man that was fucking tense that was fucking tense that was fucking weird um they clearly don't like each other <laughs> the way that they probably think that they like each other clearly in my opinion the friendship isn't where it probably should be um but wow <laughs> wow wow <laughs> wow wow! this is legitimately one of the strangest episodes of golden hour i've ever seen in my life like god almighty but again like i said like i legitimately think that you know these guys are lucky there i don't know they just probably i don't know chris probably doesn't really take it that offensive that that much of offense was almost top of his wife for maybe obvious reasons because he maybe doesn't respect her as much if he's cheating on a million woman who knows, blah, 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 blah. But it's just wild because I know I know certain guys who would beat you up for less. And he's already said a lot in this interaction that would make you say, what? Do you want to step outside? Like, do you know what I mean? Or just throw something at his face. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Personally, I've seen a lot of people who would really snap, really snap at the thought of you kind of saying something slick about their partner in any fucking way, shape or form. So the fact that he said that it's l- l- legit <laughs> legit one of the most wildest things i've ever seen in my entire fucking life but hey what do i know anyways that is it my friends um just a quick one Our inch went to cover the fucking brendan cancelling the fucking live euro uk dates which is still blowing my mind um, but hey it kind of is what it is i guess um if it's your first time checking out the show and you're here on the live stream be everybody in the chat i appreciate all of you make sure you smash that like button for me down below that'd be greatly appreciated um you know share the show if you can and whatnot that'd be also appreciated for that regard and i'll kind of cut you guys again on the other side for some other bits and bobs when it comes to the TFATK stuff so we're going to get some more updates later on but so far breaking news is that the Brendan Schaub Euro Tour has been cancelled. I think as we've seen here on Ticketmaster the two dates in London Shepherds Bush Empire and the ones in Dublin Ireland, have both been cancelled and I'm assuming the ones in Belfast and Glasgow will come up too Um, somebody from the TFATK subreddit actually said they were kind of connected with the industry and shit and they had an email from like couple of weeks ago i think basically confirming that the shows were all cancelled um so i'm assuming they're probably all done but the the ones that have been you know actually rubbed off the list uh, in the shepherd's bush which i booked a ticket for i bought with my own hard-earned money right I purchased a fucking ticket for June 2nd, for June 22nd to see Brendan at the London Shepherd Bush Empire because I wait to see how this guy actually is in real life and report back, but that's been canceled. So I guess I have to wait until I go to the States and the Dublin show also has been canceled. And the other two shows in Belfast and Glasgow are probably due to be canceled as well. But again, don't cry for me too much because it's only 30 pounds, not big of a deal. And I'll probably be able to get a refund pretty easily. So it's not really that big of a concern. Anyways, yeah, people say what you were spared by the comedy gods. Big up, (laughs) Cloudgate. It's a tragedy, (laughs) but yeah, thank you, um, Colin Leach. Thank you as well, everyone in here. Josie Masters, I see you. Severa Design, I see you. Illusionary Commission, I see you. As always, here. Big up you. Big up Eddie D. Um, yeah, I'll get a refund. Big up Koyla who was here earlier. Big up Sheila Aliens. Big up you for hanging in there. Big uh, people also here. Domo Creole, Mega Fan, Sylvia and Beg Beggarin. I say it, Sylvia and Beggarin. Thank you for chilling as well. First lame, last name is here. Eric C. Fuck you. <laughs> talking about the treble. Get out of my fucking stream. I hate you. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate this summer coming for the transfer window. Anyway, Mega Fun. Um, alrighty, so many people are here already, so big up all of you I appreciate you, it's been a fun one as per usual, and I'll, cu- I'll be back again for another super long show, so if you want to hear that, um, please bear with me I'll be back for a super long show later, but i to quickly check in because of that, and I'll see you guys soon take care, be safe everybody